Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Uh, this is Jennifer Harris. I'm the Director of Marketing Initiatives at the Rudd Center for Food Policy and Obesity at Yale University. And I'm very pleased to have with me today Dr. Faith Boninger. She's with the National Education Policy Center at the University of Colorado, and she works in their Commercialism in Education Research Unit. So welcome, Faith. Thank you. Um, so you study commercialism in schools. What, what does that mean? That is a very good question. Um, we look at advertising and marketing programs in schools. And commercialism overall is a value system that values financial return as um, the primary value. And so advertising and marketing programs in schools are there to, um, they're there because they have some financial return for the corporations that, uh, that put them there. And they also teach kids to value um, that financial return. But so schools are supposed to be places where kids get an education. What, why are there, there commercial interests in schools? Um, well, for several reasons. From the uh, corporate perspective, it's worthwhile for them to be starting to market to children in schools. There's a lot of money to be made from, from children. They make their own purchases, they influence their parents' purchases, they have their whole purchasing lives ahead of them. So uh, if a company can get in early and create a loyal customer at an early age, that's a lot of money to be made um, across the child's lifespan. Um, so it, it's very valuable for um, companies to try to access children in schools, which are environments that are um, that are closed, that have all the children there, um, and that in which they're susceptible to marketing. And from the perspective of schools, schools are often looking for funds. Um, they're dreadfully underfunded, and they're often um, trying to make some money to make up for budget shortfalls and what have you. Um, and also they're encouraged to have a good relationship with business. Well, so this sounds like a win-win situation. The schools get money, the, the companies get access to kids. What, what's the problem with that? Um, well, on the money end, the schools typically don't actually make very much. Um, there's been assorted research that, that demonstrates that. So we did a study where we looked at marketing programs across the country. It was a nationally representative sample. And... Um, we asked administrators, um, school principals, whether they had assorted marketing programs and how much money they made from those marketing programs. And the ones that theoretically should have brought in money to the schools tended not to. Uh, most of our respondents, um, two thirds of them, said that they didn't make any money at all from these marketing programs that were supposed to bring in money. And you see this same thing with other contracts that. Um, schools and districts sign where um, they're supposed to uh, they're supposed to bring in a lot of money that the promises are big like um, pouring rights contracts research has been done that shows that typically those pouring rights contracts that sound like big money propositions typically bring in maybe 10 to 15 
dollars per year per student. Um, so the schools aren't making money. Um, and at the same time, we have all sorts of concerns about um, what the impact is on children of advertising, um, of advertising in general, but of advertising particularly in the school setting that really should be where children are getting an education, um, not and, and, being marketed to. And so are there, is it more of a concern to be advertising to kids in schools versus on TV or other places kids see ads? Um, I think so. Uh, first of all, kids are especially susceptible to ads in school uh, just because of the nature of the situation there. So even if they're teenagers and even if they're um, cynical or savvy about advertising, um, they're still susceptible in school because, first of all, ads are embedded in the school environment. So um, just like a product placement is embedded on television and a, a child might not know it's there, um, but also in that environment, uh, the students suspend their, uh, their critical faculty, if you will. They suspend their disbelief um, and discounting of an ad that might show up someplace on television or someplace else because they think that the school is a protected environment where their teachers and administrators are taking care of them and vetting anything that would come in. Um, so you've been studying this for a while. What, what are the most common kinds of commercialism that you see in schools? Well, the type of product most marketed to children in schools uh, is food and beverage products uh, overall. Um, FDC did some research uh, that was published in 2009 and 2012 that looked at the amount of money that was spent on food marketing, and one of the aspects was food marketing in schools. And um, a lot of money, if I remember correctly, was $149 million spent um, in 2009 marketing foods to children in schools. A lot, of, um, a lot of it for beverages and a lot of it to teenagers. And what, what does that marketing look like? Um, pretty popular in school settings are pouring rights contracts. So that would be a contract that a Coca-Cola bottling company or a Pepsi bottling company might sign with a district that would give that company the exclusive right to um, both provide product and advertise um, and market to children in the school in that product category. So that would allow for there to be vending machines, um, usually uh, scoreboards, um, sometimes branded coolers and other equipment. And I, uh, I'm sort of uh, amused and dismayed by the vending machine because what that does, and oftentimes there'll be a lot of them in the school, um, what that is is a huge billboard. It's really a billboard on three sides, and then it dispenses other little pieces of advertising in the form of cans or bottles that then are dispersed throughout the school. And the pouring rights contracts usually are for um, many years, 10 to 15 years, something like that. And so any given student would see only that product, that class of product for their whole academic life would only be exposed to Coke products or only exposed to Pepsi products in school. And so I, I, I know that in a lot of um, school districts, there aren't vending machines, or the vending machines are mostly in the high schools or the middle schools. Are there, is there marketing in the elementary schools too? 
um, there is. There's less of that. You're right in the in the younger grades. Um, something that you might see in the younger grades are fundraising nights at a local restaurant. McDonald's runs this whole program that they called McTeacher Nights, where uh, the kids and families are encouraged to go eat at McDonald's for the evening, and the teachers are serving up the hamburgers. So it's kind of cute for them to see their teachers serving up the hamburgers, and then the restaurant will give a cut back to the school. Uh, that's more the kind of thing that goes on uh, in the early grades. Or food coupons, for instance. Kids might get uh, a coupon for uh, free pizza or something um, if they get good grades or what have you. Or even just, they're just given it. So this, to us, who study food marketing to kids, this all seems pretty outrageous, but the parents must know this is going on. Why do you think they're okay with this? You know, I think they don't really know what's going on. Um, particularly as the kids get older, parents aren't in the schools. They're not seeing what their kids are exposed to. Um, and, you know, we tend to see advertising everywhere, so we're inured to it. And you really have to stop and think, oh, does, does this really belong in a school? And what are the implications of it being in a school? And um, so what do you think needs to be done to change the situation? Well, you know, um, we're concerned about potential threats to children of having of being exposed to marketing and advertising programs in schools. Um, and so what we would like to see happen is for there to be some accountability. So it shouldn't be assumed that, uh, there, that a marketing program could just be adopted by a school or a district, that it would actually have to go through some procedure where it would be, um, it would be on the corporation that's presenting the program to actually demonstrate that there's no harm to children, um, that it doesn't threaten them uh, in ways that we've looked at, um, threaten their psychological health or their physical health or the integrity of their education in very much the same way that pharmaceutical companies, before they put a medication on the market, show that it's not going to be damaging to people who take that medication. Have you seen any progress, or are things getting worse, or what, what, what changes have you been seeing over the years? You know, that's interesting. Um, uh, how do they say one step forward, two steps back? Um, it's kind of like that. So um, we see some awareness, particularly around food marketing, and that's really important because food is the class of product most advertised and marketed to kids in school. So there's greater awareness because of health issues, obesity and um, uh, metabolic syndrome and all of the illnesses that kids are starting to have so much earlier than they used to. There's a lot more awareness about marketing of food. Um, so that's, that's really great. That's leading um, to some clamping down on that. But on the other hand, you see other things coming in. Um, so uh, with the advent of uh, how much data is being collected from students nowadays, we're really concerned about what happens 
to those data um, and how those data are shared with vendors, um, where, where the data will go, how it'll be used. So tell me a little bit about that. Why, why is that a concern? Um, you know, so much data is collected from students now. So things that can be used to market to them later, things about their, um, their educational difficulties, perhaps their behavioral difficulties, uh, uh, things that they, that their academic history, all of that stuff is collected. And if a vendor would have that information, they could use it or sell it to come back and, um, and market other products to the kids later. And is that common? Um, common now? No, this is all developing. This is something that we're, that we're concerned about, we're looking at. Um, and parents who have, parent activists who've been on top of this issue are also um, both watching and waiting and also trying to proactively uh, push for a policy that would, um, that would uh, clamp down on how the data are disseminated and used. Uh, so if you're a parent and you're concerned about marketing in your child's school, what, what, advi what advice would you give that parent? What can they do? You know, I think it would be worthwhile to try to educate the people in the school about it. You know, educate the teachers, educate the administrators. It might be frustrating, you know, educate the other parents because if you've got a group of of parents that are concerned about it, then uh, somebody might be more likely to pay attention. Uh, it's a bit frustrating because people don't necessarily recognize the issue and, you know, they think you're just complaining. But otherwise, I'm not sure what kind of an impact you can have other than helping other people recognize that it actually is an issue that they need to pay attention to. And um, the the USDA recently said that they're, they want to get rid of marketing in schools. What do you think of that? And do you think that's realistic? Um, well, my first response is, yay. <laughs> I think that's great that they're, that they're concerned about it and noticing it. And um, from what I've read, what they want to do is to make the marketing match what can be sold in school. So there are limits that are going into effect in, in the fall about what kinds of food products can be sold in schools. And so the new proposal, the proposed rule would uh, make it so that any product that's marketed in schools has to be a product that could be, that could be sold. I'm talking about food products mm -hmm. here. And, you know, I think that's great. Um, one of the issues that I have with it is that it it doesn't at this point include as part of its definition of marketing all the things that I'd like to see it include. Um, you know, I know that there are a lot of a lot of uh, interests um, that the USDA has to consider in terms of um, how it can define marketing and, and what it can include in this proposed rule. But I would really like to see sponsored educational materials considered as advertising. That's something that the CFBAI doesn't include um, in their definition of advertising. And 
I think it's really important because sponsored educational materials are things that the teachers use in class. So the students are protect, particularly susceptible to marketing in that form because it's coming directly from their teacher and it's being used in a class setting. So one of the things that we struggle with when we try to study marketing in schools is that it's difficult to collect the data because schools are closed places. We can't just walk into a school and count the number of ads that we see. Um, do, you, do you see any, any opportunities there for collecting more data or getting more information from schools? Um, in what way? I'm not... Well, I'm just... Um, I, I think um, you mentioned before that school that parents aren't aware of what marketing is in, in schools, but I think researchers also have a hard time getting that inf information. Have you seen any... Um, do you have any ideas about how how to do that? Or, well, sorry, they could read question. our reports that give yeah. that provide a lot of examples okay. of uh, marketing programs that are currently going on in schools. We do an annual report, and each year there are current examples, and we look at a, a wide variety of types of advertising and marketing, and and show how they're showing up currently in the schools. And that doesn't mean that they're child's particular school would have that program, but they may. It will also sensitize them to the, the kinds of things that they could look out for so that they can even understand that it's marketing. A lot of times parents don't even realize. So um, I'm thinking of, um, you know, uh, books. Uh, this is at a pretty low level, but, you know, counting books, for instance, that are Cheerios or Oreos books, a parent might not think that that's advertising until they're sensitized to the issue and then realize and say, oh, wow, I just had no idea before. So, so it sounds like that this awareness of, of what's happening in schools is maybe the first step to getting parents concerned about the issue. I think so. Yeah, you know, and something like the McTeacher Night or other kind of fundraising event at a restaurant, parents don't often think about what the impact of that is beyond the fundraising opportunity at the time. Uh, but if they're um, drawn into thinking about the implications, then they, they start to open their eyes and notice more and more what what's going on in the school. So do you have any last words of advice for somebody, for a parent or an advocate who wants to change what's going on in the schools? Um, you know, I think it's uh, educate and be educated, you know, um, pay attention and start to think about what some of the implications might be uh, for your children who are exposed to advertising in schools. And you know, we've looked at a variety of potential implications, um, implications for the children's health if they're being, uh, if the products being marketed to them are um, bad for them, like a lot of food products are, if they are consumed too much. Um, we've uh, considered psychological 
issues that are associated with marketing and, and the encouragement of um, the development of materialist attitudes associated with things like depression and anxiety and assorted behaviors in teenagers like um, drug use, alcohol use, smoking, truancy, uh, weapon carrying. Um, and then the third thing that we've looked at is um, implications for the integrity of the children's education. So if um, a marketing program takes up school time or contradicts what kids are learning in classes, you know, these kinds of implications are important. And when you start to think about them with respect to your child, then you start to think, wow, you know, is that is having that marketing program really worthwhile given the, the potential costs? I'd like to see people start to consider that more. Um, and if parents do, then they can transmit their concerns to school administrators that, uh, that are the gatekeepers for a lot of this advertising and marketing. Well, thank you. That's really something to think about for our <laughs> children's future. And uh, we really appreciate your time. And thank you for being here with us today. Thank you so much.